to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. I have a, a specific uh, desire and I would, I believe, a, an assignment for tonight. Part of tonight, the purpose of tonight's meeting is to minister the baptism with the Holy Ghost to anyone that desires that or wants to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And if you, you know, want your life to be radically enhanced and changed, then you need to move from step A in the Christian life to step B. And that's to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You thought, oh, that's for ultra-spiritual people. That ought to be like letter S or, you know, step number 25 or something. But if you read the book of Acts carefully... Over and over and over again, the pattern is when people get saved, the number one priority of the Spirit and of the apostles and of the ministers was to minister, to get them empowered with the Holy Ghost. Now, I have a, I have a teaching, but I'm going to stop in about 30 minutes, about 8.15, and I'm going to give you an invitation. And, and if you're out there and you're not in the building, you're still a candidate. Now, God, the way God uses me, I have a special ministry along this line. I actually got rebuked uh, in my heart from the Lord because I had been too neglectful uh, to, uh, to be, I needed to be more frequent in my giving people an invitation to receive the baptism with the Holy Ghost. And He's given me a special grace along this line, and that's a scriptural thing. Uh, you know, when Philip preached to the Samaritans in Acts chapter 8, they received Jesus and were born again. But he immediately turned and sent for Peter and John, who came down a few days later and laid hands on them to receive the baptism with the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues, and they did. Well, why call those two? Well, because evidently they found out that they had an anointing for that along that line. Now, when Peter showed up at Cornelius' house, he's got this anointing on him to minister the baptism with the Holy Ghost to people, but he didn't even get a chance to. And if, you're not, if you want the gift of the Holy Ghost uh, tonight and uh, the ability to speak with other tongues and you're not here, listen to what I'm saying. Peter was preaching his sermon. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 10 that the Holy Ghost fell. The Holy Ghost fell on them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues and magnified God. You see, when you speak with tongues, you're not, it's nothing of the devil because it says when they spoke in tongues, they magnified God. It's another way to magnify God. And so I could go down that trail. I have to be careful because I just have a little bit of time tonight. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I was, I was saved pretty early on, but I went back home to an unchristian home, an unchurched home, and basically was saved, had my name etched in the Lamb's Book of Life, but was raised and lived my life as a carnal sinner. I didn't, I didn't go to church. The Bible was not a part of our home or our daily life. And so I just lived a deeply backslidden life. And so by the time I uh, got my, God got a hold of me in that frat party, I begun to get in the Word, I began to feed on the Word. The, the first thing that stood out to me as I consumed my Bible was the baptism with the Holy Ghost. Took a couple of years before I really got the full light of that. I had a lot of questions like a lot of people do. I was raised in a denominational setting where that was not uh, ministered or thought to be scriptural, whatever, you know, something that passed away or whatever. But I just kept seeing it. God just kept emphasizing it. And finally, uh, you know, if you're thinking about, well, oh, man, I don't want to walk down front tonight for that. Listen, when I got baptized with the Holy Ghost, I don't know how many, 1,500 people, 2,000 people in that auditorium. It probably took me two minutes just to get down to the front. I had to walk so far. 
So I don't know what your problem is, praise God. But I am telling you, I'm just being bold to say, one of the anointings on my life is to lay my hands on people to help them receive this wonderful gift. When I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, my life was instantly and radically different from that time forward. What was difficult me before just fell away. I had a hard time letting go. God was dealing with me about flushing all my carnal friends. When I spoke in tongues, flush, they were gone instantly. I was just different. I had power. Now, I was born of the Spirit, but I hadn't had the Holy Ghost come upon me in power. Jesus told his disciples, you don't even go start preaching to people. You don't go witnessing to people. You stay in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So I'm going to ask you, have you been endued with power from on high? Pastor, I thought we were going to talk about being led by the Spirit. We are. I was led by the Spirit to receive step B in my Christian life. And I have been, I haven't taken full advantage of this wonderful gift, but I try to. I speak in tongues every day of my life to some degree. Sometimes a lot, sometimes not so much. But every day of my life, I'm uttering things by the Spirit. So for a few minutes, I do have a teaching along this line about how, um, praise God, speaking with other tongues can enhance and be a, a great blessing to you in uh, experiencing, walking out the plan of God, making decisions, hearing from God. Amen? But I have you in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we left off last week talking about uh, why some people uh, don't advance, they don't ever seem to have any uh, intimacy with God, they don't seem to be able to hear the voice of God, and I want to just pick up there and make a comment, and then we'll get into the uh, meat of what I have to say, and just, just go fast here, but... Uh, Look at verse number 14, 1 Corinthians 2, 14. Paul says, but the natural man. So do you understand there is a natural man? The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Let me read this to you uh, from my Amplified translation in a moment. It says, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So the natural man, notice this, receives not the things of the Spirit. Now why? Because to him, to that person, to the natural man, what is truly spiritual is perceived to be foolish. Instead of receiving a spiritual truth and benefit, they will mock and make fun. They're not right, but they don't perceive it as truth. They don't see the value Right? Notice it says, neither can he, the natural man, know them. He is incapable. So if you really want to advance in your spiritual life, it would behoove you to not be a natural man, a natural person. Now, what does that phrase mean? Uh, obviously, we live in this fleshly world. We, we, we have uh, clothes to put on every day and teeth to brush and uh, floors to sweep and dogs to feed at my house, things like that. You know, you have natural things to do. But when Paul says the natural man, he means a person dominated with the natural. They're dominated with carnality. They are overly natural. 
They are dominated by the five senses. They are dominated by their emotions. They are dominated by their feelings. They are dominated by their reasoning. And if they can't figure it out, if they can't feel it with their emotions, uh, if they can't uh, see it, taste it, smell it, touch it, that kind of thing, then they don't get it. They kick it out. Amen? Whereas a spiritual man walks by faith and not by sight. They are not only concerned with a nice car and, and those things we just talked about, possessing some of that stuff. But, you know, the, the paramount motivating driving force in my life is to hear the master say one day, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I didn't give my life to God at that frat party so I could stay the same. I didn't reach out and take his hand, drunk and suicidal at a frat party, thinking that I'm going to get up and go from there and be the same. Or maybe just be a little bit different. No, I was expecting a different life. I was expecting to walk a different road. Amen? And Christians seem to have, some Christians seem to have, well, they, they, they know and they are, they're going to go to heaven, but they don't want any more. They don't want any more than that. They don't want to be bothered. They don't want to be disturbed. They don't want to have their recreation infringed upon by being spiritual. Well, that's going to cost you. Because the natural man cannot... See, the Holy Ghost can uh, speak to you about, you know, whether or not uh, if you go left instead of right, you could, you know, in my, for me to go home from here, I don't know how many ways I could go. I could go a lot of different ways to get home, Paducah here. And the Holy Ghost knows if I go this route, I'm going to die in a head-on collision. So I better go this route. He, can He steer me? Can he, can he help me? Yeah, but if I'm so carnal... And I'm so natural and so fleshly, I'm just eat up with work and chores and bills and dishes and kids and recreation and getting a faster boat and a bigger shotgun. And, and if that's your aim, then you're not going to be sensitive enough to discern the Spirit's promptings. And you ought to be, have a godly fear of being in that condition. In these last days. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 and 15 from the Amplified says, But the natural, non-spiritual man. Did you notice that? The non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts, the teachings. Notice the gifts. One of the gifts God has to give you is the Holy Ghost. And the teachings and the revelations, there's, the, there's your counsel. For being hearing from God, there's your answer to that decision you have to make. Revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are folly. Meaningless nonsense to Him. And the natural man, the unspiritual man, is incapable of knowing them. Y'all getting that? Of progressively recognizing and understanding and becoming better acquainted with Him. Now why? Because they are spiritually discerned and estimated and appreciated. But the spiritual man, the Amplified says, he tries all things. He examines, investigates, inquires into questions, and discerns all things. Hallelujah. And so just simply being too natural, too occupied with the natural, can really be a hindrance. In fact, Paul said it this way to the Romans in Romans chapter 8, verse 5. He said, to be carnally minded is death. That's a stronger way to put it. 
Now, what does it mean to be carnally minded? You're just dominated with those natural thoughts. What does that produce? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that's what we all want. But we have to become spiritually minded. What does that mean? I mind the things of the Spirit. I think about them. I'm interested in them. I'm inquiring about them. I'm searching the Scriptures. I'm really endeavoring to grow. I really don't give a rip if I flesh is embarrassed. Uh, I want the baptism with the Holy Ghost, and there's an invitation coming in a few minutes, and bless God, I'm going to go get it. Now, you don't have to. You can get it at home, but I mean, a spiritually minded person, hallelujah, glory to God, is interested in what God has for them. So let's go to Romans chapter 8 and let's talk for a minute about the role of speaking with other tongues. Now, speaking with other tongues is a a dominant and a wonderful benefit. But the real emphasis in the baptism with the Holy Ghost is not tongues. It's power. People stumble over tongues and they give up the power. God wants you to have power. Yes, you're born again. Yes, you're going to heaven. Yes, you can come to this church and not speak in tongues. I don't know where... We've never been like that, but other churches are like that. You can't join their church if you don't speak in tongues. That's just dumb. That's not scriptural. You're just as much... uh, Have the Holy Ghost in you and a Christian, a brother, a sister in the Lord, than anybody else. But there's a gift that's available that would really bless your life, enhance your life, if you would receive it. We just happen to be unashamed about offering what God offers to anyone that wants to lay hold of it. Hallelujah. But tongues comes with the baptism with the Holy Ghost. I'm sure that the uh, Cornelius and his relatives... They were not going, okay, I I hear Peter's on the way. We're going to speak in tongues in a few days. They didn't know anything about it. But the Holy Ghost fell on them. They They were empowered by the Holy Ghost. And when that happened, the evidence that they got it was the reception of this prayer language. Same thing in the book of Acts in chapter 2 at the upper room. Same thing in Acts chapter 8 in Samaria, same things in Acts chapter 19 when Paul came to Ephesus, same thing. When they got empowered with the Holy Ghost, they spoke with tongues. When you get uh, endued with power from on high, you should expect to speak with tongues. When I lay my hands on you tonight, if you come, you should expect to speak with other tongues. But you're not just coming for that. That's a wonderful thing. We're going to talk about it. But what you're coming for is power. Glory to God. How many of you could do with some more power in your life? Come on. Hallelujah. So, but let's look at this here. Uh, Romans 8, 26. Now, we've already taught in this series from verse 14 and 16, right? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Then we know how he primarily he's going to lead us. Verse 16 says, for the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. But in this same vein, a few verses later, notice what else Paul mentions. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. 
Now, don't think sicknesses. Some people, they read the word infirmity and they think sickness and disease. That's not what he's talking about here. Uh, you could translate this weaknesses. That's really what he's talking about. Likewise, the Spirit helps our weaknesses. Well, do we have a weakness? Yes, we do. What is it? Well, he tells us, for we know not what to... He didn't say how. He says, there are times where we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to know it. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us, better translation would be through us, with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27, And He, that's the Holy Ghost, that searches the hearts, knows. Notice this, uh, this statement about the Holy Spirit helps. What does He help? He helps our weakness. What weakness? Not knowing at times what to pray for as we should. Well, he that searches the hearts knoweth. He knoweth. What you don't know, he knows. Isn't that good? What you need to know, he already knows. So he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Because he makes intercession for the saints. Notice this. According to the will of God. Hallelujah. So what he just described is perfect and limitless praying. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, you cannot pray perfect and limitless praying. You can pray perfectly when you pray the Scripture. That's a perfect prayer. And you can pray that in your known language and you should. But you can't you're limited. Limited what? Limited to what you know. And when you're dealing with situations, come on, how limited are we? Greatly. Greatly limited at times. You understand? But So see, part of the advantage that is available for you if you want it is to be able to let the Holy Spirit intercede through you with what Paul called here these groanings that cannot be uttered. Now, uh, P.C. Nelson, a uh, noted Greek scholar, he's been in heaven for quite a long time now. At one time, Kenneth Hagin said that he was the leading Greek scholar in America. Uh, he was um, Baptist, but then got the left foot of the, ba- you know, from, of the Baptist, you know, praise God, when he got spirit-filled. And uh, was a pastor and a Greek scholar, spoke 32 languages. And uh, this is what he said uh, about this phrase. He says, The phrase makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered in the literal Greek says this, The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us in groanings that cannot be uttered in articulate speech. And he went on to say that articulate speech means your regular speech. So, I'm assuming you speak English. That's your regular speech. Well, see, this this help that comes from the Spirit comes through us as we articulate these utterances 
but they can't be uttered, they can't be spoken in your regular speech. So he, it comes out in a tongue, an unknown tongue. But what is it? Your mind doesn't know, but we know from the scripture, it's the perfect will of God. It's the perfect will of God. So this benefit helps you overcome all of those weaknesses that happen in our prayer life. Why isn't so-and-so receiving their healing? There could be 10,001 different reasons why, that you have no idea why a person... How could we pray for them? We don't know what to pray for as we ought to know, but does the Holy Ghost know? Maybe it's a real personal character matter, and the Holy Ghost doesn't want uh, to make you a gossiper and a snooper, but see, He can pray through you through these utterances that He authors that doesn't register on your mind, but God knows them perfectly. And it's in perfect agreement with the highest will of God in that situation. And this is so critical. Let me, let me read to you this statement. Y'all okay? I mean, my pledge is 8.15, but that's 11 minutes away. I'm really going to try hard, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, pray for me. L- listen to this from Brother Hagin. Many of the bad things that happen to us or the good things that should have happened but didn't are the result of our failing in the past to pray out God's plan. You see, God has planned many things for us in the future that as we pray in the Spirit, we will be praying out ahead of time. We can pray in the Spirit both in tongues and in our native language when we pray by the unction of the Holy Ghost. In other words, our prayer is being spawned or spurred on or inspired by the Spirit. But He's using us. He's not praying for you, apart from you. You have to notice He helps. Lately, Brother Philip has been really helping me a lot in just different areas that I've had need. We've just been doing a lot of things I need to get done. Amen. What I'm not drinking lemonade on the front porch while I watch him do. That, would be, that wouldn't be him helping. That would be him doing. And the Holy Ghost is not your doer in prayer. But he'll help you. And so it says, in fact, what is happening? Get this statement. In fact, what is happening in your life in the present, whether good or bad, is a result of what you have or have not prayed about in days gone by. And what will happen in your life in the future will be a result of your present prayer life. For some, that will excite you. For others, it could be discouraging. Hallelujah. But you could do something about it. Go over with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 real quick. Here's another statement from Brother Hagin. Actually, one of the greatest assets God has provided for the believer in seeking God's plan for his life is the baptism with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. That's why I'm talking to you about this. You see, if you're limited to praying out of your head, how far are you going to get in praying out God's will for your life? It's going to sound like, oh, Father, I want your will. Oh, Father, help me to know your will. What else could I say? Father, I'm ready to do your will. Maybe you need to start over and just pray that. But that's about right. But could you pray out 
the specifics, the accurate, the precise, the perfect will of God for your life. You can, but you have to do it in other tongues. Because it's not in your head. It's going to flow forth out of your spirit. Here's another statement from Brother Hagin. Knowing God's will in your spirit is the anchor that will keep you on course no matter what happens. That's why so many Christians are so unsteady. It's because they don't know that they know that they know that they know what God says. We had a lot of rough times building this building. But see, we didn't, I didn't launch our church out wondering, you know, kind of, I think, yeah, I think that was kind of God. I, I hope it was. No. No, no, no. No, I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew. And when the hard times came and they did, I just had to go back to, no, I know, I know, I know. I know, I'm just going to stand here because I know that God spoke to me. Praise God. So I want to give you some more scripture to back up what we're saying here is that the Holy Spirit is ready and able to help you pray about things you don't know about to help you uncover and to discover what it is that God has for you in all things big and small. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. It says, For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men. That's not the point. Who are they speaking to? Unto God. So what is speaking in tongues? Speaking to God. It's talking to God. Now here's what's really great. You're not talking to God out of your mind, which would be your soul, which is wonderful, but it's not the highest part of your being. Until the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the ability to speak forth in other tongues, men were limited in their prayer life to pray out of their soul, their mind, their will, their emotions. But when in that upper room, when that 120 was filled, that was the first time that they talked perfectly spirit to spirit unto God. Remember the party lines way back? You'd have to be a little bit, a little bit older. Party line, you, you kids wouldn't know what I'm talking about. But those old landlines, more than one household shared a line on the, out there on the phone line. And you picked up the wrong time. You're hearing Uncle Joe down the street talking to Auntie May about whatever. So you got other people listening, other, other parties going on. Oh, come on, but talking in tongues is a direct, private, secure hotline to heaven. And the devil can't get in on it. That's why he fights it. Because he can't hear you pray, because he can speak English or Spanish or whatever, Right? But he can't hear you pray and devise a counterattack to oppose that when it's in tongues because it's encoded. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, what's he doing? Talking to God. Can you see why religious spirits would not want Christians to talk to God in a perfect, Holy Ghost, inspired and guided way, a direct line to heaven that he cannot understand? Hallelujah. Now notice it goes on and says, For no man understandeth him, however, or how be it, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Moffat's translation says, They are speaking divine secrets in the Spirit. 
And some of those secrets, they're hidden from you. The Weiss translation, Dr. Weiss, a Greek scholar, here's his rendering of that phrase. And he utters with his human spirit divine revelations not explained. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know if you're getting this. The Phillips New Testament says it this way, only in his spirit he is speaking spiritual secrets to God. The disciples' literal New Testament says it this way, He speaks mysteries with His Spirit. Notice the emphasis, it's your spirit praying. It's that born again, completely righteous and holy part of you that is taking the lead. So notice, here's another benefit of speaking in other tongues. Your soulish, selfish ambitions and thoughts can't taint your prayer life because you're speaking out of a perfect spirit. Oh, Father, bless me, bless me and mine, you know. That soulish, selfish is excluded. Now, look at the uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 14, just real quick. And I'll go ahead and just jump to the Amplified. Here's another verse. This is your spirit praying. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 in the Amplified says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, everyone say, my spirit, My spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays. But my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. Then what am I am to do? I will pray with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me. But I will also pray intelligently with my mind and my understanding. He said, I'll do both. This really, if you think I've taken you out there, I'm not taking you out there. Look, I'm just reading the Bible. Paul goes even further. He says, I will sing with the Spirit. You know, your Spirit will sing. I I noticed she didn't tell me about it, but my wife was singing that last... I'd never heard that before. She spent all day alone with God. Did you get that phrase from... Or did you pick it up out of a hymnal or something? I want to know you more? No, see, she's singing that out of her Spirit. Now, it came out in English, but it's... Inspired. When you get to the end of your mental intellect, just let your spirit take off. But do you see that when you put, put, put this, what we've just read, if I pray in an unknown tongue, I'm speaking to God, not to men, and I'm speaking divine mysteries in the spirit. Put that together with 1 Corinthians 14, 14. When I pray... It is the Holy Spirit within my spirit praying. How could you go wrong with that? Amen? You wouldn't. And then when you pair it with what we read in Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27, that the Holy Spirit's helping your weakness when you don't know what you ought to pray for as you ought, but He's praying through you, through these groanings that can't be articulated with your regular talk, but it's the perfect will of God. Are you beginning to get a clue that this is a vital mode of operation whereby you can advance the plan of God for your life. You could pray it forward. I say it this way. You have to pray it out to have any hope of walking it out. But how do you pray out what is a mystery to your head? You have to have the help of the Spirit. Glory to God. 
When you don't know what, you don't know how, you don't know what's right, which way to go, what should I do with my life? You have a means of help whereby you can let your spirit communicate to God about that in a perfect manner. And what's going to happen is, is as you give yourself to praying in the spirit, things are going to happen. God's going to be released and he's going to be working out here in your circumstances to, to get you in the right place and cause the right doors to open. When I first started praying in tongues, my dream for years was to go into the medical field. But when I got filled with the Spirit and just started spending a little bit of time praying in tongues, it was like someone came along and slashed all my tires and that desire just went... That desire in me that I'd had for years died. And a new desire, the more I prayed in tongues, the more desire for ministry. What's that all about? began to be birthed in my heart. Amen. Still today, this at Lombo Stenge, Ende Eso, Lombo Stanga, Ende Ita, and just spend a little bit of time walking through the hallway of the house, yielding to the Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, you're my helper. I know that because Pastor read it in Romans chapter 8. Oh, and I want your will, but I don't know fully. A lot of questions out there. A lot of gray matter out there. I need to pray that out. Help me, Holy Ghost. You know what? He's, he's not going to uh, hear that and then give you tongues for China. You asked him for help about the plan of God. So when you go taken off to pray in the Holy Ghost, that's what he's helping you with. And you just need to, your mind, man, your mind will do go squirrely on you. If you're new to that, your mind just goes squirrely. It's like, I want to play, I want to play, I want the ball, I want to play, I want to play, I'm supposed to be in charge. And you're going to go through all of those gymnastics in the beginning. This is not, this is not a mind thing. When you come up here, don't expect to generate tongues out of your mind. That's why people don't speak forth. Because tongues are not birthed in the mind. They're going to come from here. They're going to flow up into your being and all of a sudden you're going to know what some funny, awkward little utterances would sound like if you spoke them. Then it's up to you. I don't have time to take you down that trail, but if you look at all the references, it says they spoke with tongues. The Holy Spirit gave them the utterance. You getting any of this tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let me read one more passage here and I'll just have to kind of wind it down and minister to anyone that wants me to minister to them. First uh, Corinthians chapter, oh, yeah, go back to chapter 2. Go back to chapter 2 of Corinthians. We'll read a ref refrigerator scripture and then we'll read a scripture that everyone ignores. You know, you know some of you know where I'm headed here. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 a lot of people have this on a plaque or a bumper sticker. Or it's their favorite scripture. Notice what it says, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. And they stop. Everybody stop. And that's what they put on the refrigerator. And then they walk around in churches and hallways and fellowships and in workplaces and they say, oh, yeah, Sister Kim, you just never know what God's going to do. 
God works in mysterious ways. You know the Bible says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered in. We just can't know. We're just doing the best we can down here on this pile of rock and clay and God is just weaving a wonderful tapestry in the sky and it looks like a tangled mess to us. But when we get to the other side, He'll flip it over and see the wonderful weave that He has been... Because I doesn't see. Oh, and that's me, Lord. My eye is blinder than blind. I'm dumber than dumb. I'm just holding on. I'm giving it my best guess. That's how people live. What's the first word of verse number 10? Oh, I like the second. Let's do the first two. But God. It's like it's not over. Notice what it says. But God has revealed them. Now see, you're back on the hook. You thought you were off the hook. You could just guess. You could just bump your way through life. Just hold on. Just blame God for everything. For being ignorant, dumb, making bad decisions. It was Paul's fault. He told me he prayed that I'd be bold about it. I've been there. Remember what I said last week? Those who pray, know. Those who don't, guess. Let's read this verse, verse 10. But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God knows. Now we have received. Now who's he Paul writing to? Not just born-again Christians, but spirit-filled, tongue-talking Christians. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. Now why? That we might know Everyone say that we might know. So you may need to amend your refrigerator. You cannot live on my eye doesn't see. My ear doesn't hear. If that's true, get saved. This says we have received the Spirit of God. Why did we receive the Spirit of God? That we might know. I grieve for people who live their life not knowing. Frustrated. Frustrated. No sense of fulfillment. No sense of direction. They're wanderers and nomads on the earth. Just living. Just existing. Not going anywhere. Friends, I'm going somewhere. I don't know about you, but I'm going somewhere. And I can't see every bend. I can't see what's down the full. I can't see the finish line. But I see enough to make a step. I see enough to make a step. And I'm praying about what I, what's not coming up yet. I'm praying about it. Praying in the Spirit. 
You pray. I wonder how the Spirit of God reveals what the eye hasn't seen, what the ear hasn't heard, what the heart has not received yet. How is the Holy Ghost doing this? He's doing it as He helps us pray it out in other tongues. Amen? Stand to your feet tonight. Hallelujah. Look, there is no pressure. Not going to bother me a bit. But I wanted to give you an opportunity uh, for me to pray for you.